beefy. That is a term coined by Fingers Malloy here at Eat, Drink, Smoke to describe a cigar of a certain heft, of a certain size, that when you feel it in your hand, you're like, my God, this is a cigar. Well, this is only a five and a half inch Toro. This doesn't count as beefy until you smoke it. See, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, and this is the 601 Green. Now, it's not actually green. That's not the name of it. The name is the green label Oscuro La Fuerza from Espinosa Cigars, which is making some of the finest cigars in the land right now. It is a five and a half by 54, which means it's five and a half inches long. Always makes fingers with Loy laugh. And the ring gauge is 54. That's the diameter of the cigar or how thick it is around. A 64 ring gauge would be a full one inch around. And again, with the laughter, I don't want to I don't want to mess up the good rhythm that we've had for the past four years, Fingers Malloy. Nicaraguan Habano wrapper, but it's an Oscuro wrapper, which means in those higher primings on, uh, of the tobacco, the way it's fermented is to bring out more of the richness of the cigar. And that's what Oscuro does. Nicaraguan in the binder and the filler, Espinosa, Eric Espinosa, makes some big sticks. And you've been hearing a lot about Espinosa because of the relationship with Guy Fieri in the Knuckle Sandwich Cigar, both the natural and the Maduro uh, that they have. But what Eric has been doing with the Murcielago and, and a series of others, just massive big sticks with a lot of good flavor, not just monotone. Fingers, you just lit this up. What are you thinking? What's interesting about this is at the light, it was uh, presenting chocolate and uh, cedar. And I'm in now the first third of the first third, and that pepper and spice really picked up. And for me, it lingers on the palate. It, you put that cigar down in the ashtray, and that spice is still hitting you a good 30, 40 seconds uh, after you set the cigar down. This wrapper is actually a very dark brown with some muddled black in it. There's a good bit of oil on this wrapper and just a touch of grit. This is sexy in terms of, <laughs> like, like if you want to, oh, that's going to feel good kind of wrapper, that's going to feel good kind of cigar, that, that's what it looks like right there. Yeah. Holy cow, the spice just hit. Spice right? just hit. See, you are just a little bit behind me when it came to uh, lighting it, but it's odd that it really it doesn't come on right at the light. It's like you gotta get a, a third into the first third and then all of a sudden that spice really hits you in a good way. The Also, what I can tell you is uh, we did a straight cut on this uh, Toro as, as you would. I mean, it's a standard cap like you normally see, and so you just give it a straight cut with your guillotine cut it right, right across, and I did a pretty shallow cut, as you can see right there, Fingers Malloy. Yeah. Uh, the, the draw on this is perf- almost too easy. The draw on this is almost too easy, like it's too much mm-hmm. coming through. Wow, is that a full flavor from tongue to cheek? This is not for the faint of heart. I nope. would not give this to a novice. Uh, it. I, I wonder if you should be smoking this on an empty stomach. I mean... I, I have the mixed nuts right here. Oh, good for you. Need some cashews? Do you need a cashew or two? I, I had three before I came in here. Oh, is that so right? I'm, I'm stuffed. You're stuffed. You look, at, you look, at, you look quite satiated. Uh, this was a 91 from Cigar Aficionado. And off the bat, I, I get it. 
I actually thought with the Oscuro wrapper with that fermentation, it would be actually darker in color. But, you know, there are variations and there are shades to all these things. So don't get so thrown off by that. This is just absolutely delicious. And you're right. Very strong. The 601 Green Label from Espinosa Cigars, the La Fuerza, F-U-E-R-Z-A, Nicaraguan Habano, Oscuro Wrapper, Nicaraguan in the Binder, and the Filler. Oh, and you're starting to feel it. Oddly <laughs> enough, you feel it all the way down. Yeah. Like, that's super rare when a cigar can actually move you throughout the palate and down. So, there it is. Are you like me, Tony, where... I would not want to start my day with this cigar. Or are you fine? <laughs> are you fine with starting your day with something like this? Oh God, no! With a morning coffee on the deck, nine thirty in the morning. Um, I, I I don't think I could. And let's be clear: it's not that you can't. It's a question of how you kind of see your day progressing and how your taste buds progress. How how your the the the, the mouthfeel progresses. I don't want that much cigar to start my day. I want to be able to build into it. I want to be able to grow with it. There's a reason people go with Connecticut cigars to start their day, to allow themselves to ease into it. I don't think after a night of sleep, you should punch your palate in the face. I don't think that's a necessarily a smart idea. You want to ease in. And if I'm doing a coffee in the morning, I want to compliment the coffee. Maybe I want more of that coffee feel, and I want the cigar to be the compliment. So no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not man enough to start my day with this. What are you nuts? I mean, can you imagine starting your day with this and an espresso? <laughs> I can imagine not sleeping for a week. <laughs> I can imagine this is this is a strong pup. But let's be clear, there is some good flavor yep. coming off of, of of this thing. It does have a, a, a wicked spice that's going on. I, I, I mean, I don't know if I'd say black pepper almost to a touch red pepper is what I'm getting out of this thing. But there is also a nice earthiness undertone uh, going, going, going on with it, right? Yeah. There's this, and, and the mouth is perfectly watering, yeah. right? So there's a, there's a multiplicity of things going on. Your, your senses are fully alive with this stick from Espinosa, EspinosaCigars.com. I think you hit the nail on the head with the red pepper. Because that's what I was thinking as well. Um, and usually, uh, I I don't feel like I'm all that great with my peppers. You know, the white pepper, the black pepper. But this, to me, screams red pepper. Uh, so I, I think it's you, the fullness. spot on. A white pepper usually gives a little more sting when I think of white pepper. Yeah. Black pepper is how I describe a vast majority of the spice I get from a cigar. The red is the fullness, how it's fully coating the tongue and really sticking. Sticking with every single uh, draw. Yeah. I just can't get over how when I look at the cigar. Have you smoked half that cigar already? Yeah, right. <laughs> no. Not even quick. I, I have put this down because I do not want to make myself uh, not feel well. I don't want to say sick, but sometimes cigars hit me in a certain way. And I, I get a sense that if I smoke this way too fast, um, I'll want to crawl under the table. The whole empty stomach conversation is totally real. Absolutely real. Some cigars you don't do on an empty stomach. Now, the question fingers are like, is this in your humidor for 8 to $10 a stick? Oh, stop it. That's what I'm looking at, man. All day, at. every day. This is one of these situations, and it's rare, where I would think about buying a box. 
This is a big pop for a box. It's a box of 20. This is a big pop for a box. This could be a regular in your staple, uh, a staple for you One, in your uh, stable? Once a week. Really? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Ooh, you have. With a Guinness? With a Guinness? Yeah. No, I you couldn't. You don't think so? No. Nah. Water? Water? Maybe a little Diet Coke just to, just to cleanse some things up. Oh, that cold brew coffee Guinness? But they, uh, that That's would not be a bad wonderful. idea, actually. Do they have one? Can we get one here at Blend Bar Cigar? <laughs> the Espinosa 601 Green Label Oscuro La Fuerza. Oh, yeah. Only when I'm on vacation do I use a grocery delivery service. If I'm staying in a place where like, I don't know where I get a case of water or something like that, I'll order three or four things, and I'll let them deliver it, and I'll pay the fee, and it's fine. Some people, they live and die by the grocery delivery. We've come to the place in American society where it's just too much hassle to pick out your own bananas. It is, who has the time? Right. <laughs> and the ha- you have to go to the store, and then you have to look over each banana, and then you have to find out which are organic and which are not organic. And oh my goodness, it's just a whole process. It's too confusing, Tony. See, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there, very confused, is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. I'm confused by the whole process because uh, normally those bananas aren't deep fried. I see your problem. I see your problem. The banana is the, most, the thing most delivered by Instacart. The banana. Not chips for the stoners. Not like some extra Twinkies. Not a, not a beer. I don't even know if Instacart does beer. Nothing like that. Bananas. And according to Dole, the banana is the world's most popular fruit. A staple for more than 90% of American households. It is the perfect breakfast in the morning. No, it's not. It's not? The Egg McMuffin is the perfect breakfast in the morning. Okay, do you, you have stand an, corrected. Do you have an Egg McMuffin machine in your house, Tony, that makes Egg McMuffins? I've got Uber Eats, and I'm good. You order McDonald's. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, especially when you're traveling. I mean, you're in a hotel, and you may you may be lucky enough to have a counter uh, at your hotel that has a sink, but a lot of times it's just your desk. So you don't order a bunch of bananas when you're when you're on the road, and that's breakfast in the morning. That's what I do. No, I don't. But I, I agree. Banana is super easy. Peel, eat, toss, done. They have sold a billion bananas, which is at the average length of seven and a half inches. Tee-hee. Would circ would 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 cir- I'm gonna get through it. I'm gonna get through it. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Would circumnavigate the surface of the earth twenty four thousand eight hundred fifty five miles to the surface of the earth. More than five times. It's a family show. <laughs> I swear to you, I'm sweating. Just hearing you, just thinking of the emails we're about to get. Oh, Actual sweat. You want to know emails that I received? It was about the discussion we had last week about, was it last week or the week before, about wiping down your groceries. Oh, you found somebody who does that? Uh, so this was a big COVID thing. People would buy their groceries, come home in the days where you still shop for your own groceries. Oh, good times. And then they would take some kind of antibacterial rag or wipe and wipe them down. I know uh, the person who sent me this email. I also know that they wipe down their groceries 
and they said you when I was describing this type of behavior uh, they made uh, they wiped the down their bananas said, yeah they, they made the accusation that <laughs> I <laughs> there it is uh, made it sound like a psychotic behavior like she, you know the, she said you know it's not like I'm taking wipes and I'm scrubbing uh, you know the, the cereal and the I just take a quick little wipe over the groceries and I said okay I, I could understand that three years ago you're so concerned about the germs you take a lackadaisical wipe that doesn't sound that that sounds like performance art. That doesn't sound like being serious. <laughs> it's about it, killing the germs. Are you saying it's like TSA? Wow. It's, 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 if you didn't think this conversation had gotten ugly before, <laughs> here you go. It's security theater. So you're saying it's pandemic protection theater by wiping down. All right. So so to answer the TSA question, because you 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 uh, you know this is my, my. It's not even a pet peeve. It's just wrong. Security is important. Of course. I don't say no. The idea that I still have to take off my shoes at this stage of the game is security theater. Mm-hmm. That's not accurate. That is, that's not science. It is not to be. If you take someone's 92-year-old great-grandmother and say, now get out of the wheelchair so we can pat you down, security theater. <laughs> security theater. That is absolutely what it I is. agree with you. And what I love about the show is this whole conversation started with bananas. <laughs> and it turned into trashing the TSA. If I have a banana in my carry-on, am I allowed to bring it on? Have we determined whether a banana is a solid or a liquid? Have we gotten the scientists from the Fingers Molloy Institute of Institutes? If the banana has become a liquid, you need new bananas. <laughs> I, look, I, I get why, why, why it's popular. I just didn't know it would be the most popular thing in all of Instacart. I love Instacart, especially... You f- use it? For travel. Right. I, I absolutely love it. Not at home. It. You're a grown-up. No, you do I, your own I, shopping. Oh, now, come on. There are certain situations, especially if you're a You're seasoned, an able-bodied grown-up. citizen. Yes. A, I, I'm sorry. Seasoned citizen? Seasoned citizen. What the hell's going on with this show? Who, what is that? Who can't go to their grocery store uh, and buy their own Are bananas. Are you saying that I'm not allowed to say senior citizen anymore? You, you can say whatever you want. Good, because it's senior citizen. The name citizen. of the show is Eat, Trink, Smoke with Tony Katz and Fingers Malloy. You can call them senior citizens. You can call them seasoned citizens. You can call them old folks. You call them whatever you want. Can I call them old folks? Old folks. Can I call them the geriatric set? The geriatric set. I saw them open for the Rolling Stones in 92. Can I call him the Paul Anka fan group? Is he still alive? I don't know. I don't know, but if he's, if he's not, gone too soon. He may be at the age where he, should, he shouldn't buy green bananas. Look at you. You tied it all together. See what I did there? With a classic old person joke. <laughs> You've just been dad joked. <laughs> I don't think that qualifies. Granddad a joke. D- right. That was a granddad joke. But but by the way, Instacart uh, does deliver alcohol in certain in certain states and and, you know it's super weird. I have not yet figured out how like certain services will and certain services won't, and certain places at certain times. I haven't done the mathematics yet. I've I've not been able to figure that one out for the for for the life of me. Well, I was in Texas for a conference, and I got everything delivered. I got my my alcohol, uh, my groceries, but then I was spirits or beer. Beer. Oh, okay. It was just beer. But then uh, I was in suburban Washington, D.C. 
uh, in an area that, all, you know, as far as their regulations go, felt like Cuba. Uh, and you couldn't, <laughs> there was no alcohol in Instacart. I couldn't even get a cigar lighter delivered to me. See, and I think some of that has to do with how old the driver is. Because if the driver's not 21, how do they get the alcohol to begin with? But doesn't the store, like, look at who's buying it versus who's transporting it? I don't think they could do that. I don't think they could do that either. I, and I always thought that that was the issue, was about the age of, of the drivers. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was about anything else, but, but it could just be all the arcane laws that exist. I mean, because you go to, a, say, if you want to buy beer at Walmart and your cashier is 17 years old, they have to stop everything the entire checkout process and, and bring over a manager. Is that right? Yeah, uh, to be able to ring up your beer because they aren't old enough to M- handle it. Maybe I'm reading this wrong about Instacart. It's not a billion bananas. It's a billion banana liqueurs. Oh, that's the most popular thing on Instacart. Have you had banana liqueur? Once in my life. That was enough. That was enough? I, I love w- banana. I went to a fancy uh, place and a mixologist made me a banana split martini. I don't think the place is that fancy. Didn't know you can get that at Applebee's. Usually when we discuss the economy and we talk layoffs, it's been in the tech sector. Amazon has had layoffs. Disney has had layoffs. Facebook just engaged their second round of layoffs. When we last looked at this, the predictions from the experts was the first quarter alone, which is now in the rear view, would see a layoff of 250,000 tech jobs. It seems that that number is going to, well, be inaccurate by a fair amount of jobs. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy. And I say inaccurate not because the first quarter was inaccurate. We're seeing even more. We're seeing these layoffs happen. We're seeing them happen from ESPN. Now, ESPN is part of Disney, and Disney already announced they were going to have a series of cost-cutting measures. The ESPN conversation is quite fascinating. I mean, they've lost some people to, for example, Charlie Arnott just went to Outkick, which is part of the Fox world. ESPN is the money-making juggernaut of money-making juggernauts. The thing is huge. The amount of money they make is stunning. It is the creme de la creme of sports. And there's been a lot of push from a lot of organizations to give them a run for their money. And they've been rather successful at giving them the run for their money. Then there is how ESPN has dealt with the American public in terms of its politics. Now, we don't usually engage politics here on the show because we're talking cigars, we're talking bourbon, we're talking food and all sorts of things, lifestyle. We try and leave the politics for the insanity of of, of other stuff. But it can't be denied that a lot of their commentators have shown a lot of political bent. Yeah. And they've shown a lot of disdain for people who don't share their political bent. I think is the best way to, to put that. That has had a negative effect. I mean, we haven't even gotten into the whole Bud Light thing. Should we discuss? I mean, I'll wait. I'll wait. We might as well. It, it's happening. We're talking about beer. We're eat, drink, smoke. You drink beer. Is Bud Light going to be affected by this, by this brand ambassadorship they put together with this guy by the name of uh, Dylan Mulvaney, this, this man who says he is a woman and engages this whole activity. And is this about being opposed to transgender or is this about why are you throwing politics into my beer? We'll get into that. We, we're going to get into it. Okay. I just decided. I decided. <laughs> we're going to get into it. But the ESPN cuts, right? Disney is eliminating 7,000 jobs in three rounds. 
why is it every time ESPN comes up fingers, it becomes like this dramatic, dramatic moment? Is it because of how they've engaged the political? Or is it because that this is the juggernaut sports network and it could mean huge swings in their profitability? I think it is both. I mean, first of all, ESPN felt like one of those networks. Uh, for, for those of us that remember its early beginnings, its humble beginnings to how it's grown into this worldwide juggernaut of, of sports uh, coverage, we always thought it would be there. It, it was like, this is the thing that's going to be around forever. And you're seeing the problems that ESPN uh, is going through. And I think it, there are two reasons why. One is they're, they're getting political and it's turning a lot of the audience off. And the other thing is people are cutting the cord on cable and they're losing subscribers because of that. There was a story on OutKick. And I think, of course, OutKick takes a lot of uh, joy in seeing some of these stories come out. Uh, they reported back in 2022 that in 2021, ESPN lost 8 million subscribers, which was 10% of their overall subscriber base. So wow, they are losing subscribers left and right. Meanwhile, they still have to not only pay their talent, but pay the broadcast rights for sports. I mean, the NFL alone with Monday Night Football that is a huge chunk of change that ESPN is is throwing around to be able to cover these sports and you're you're seeing other sports networks Tony that that struggle to make money uh there is a, a regional network called Bally Sports that uh Sure. They went bankrupt. Right. And uh, they had they held the rights to I think it was something like 14 Major League Baseball teams, and there was there was talk for a, a while there. Geez, how are these Major League teams going to be able to to have their uh, games be broadcast? And they figured it all out. And you know, of course, they they're going to because it's Major League Baseball. But you have these giant costs of signing up for uh, broadcasting these these networks, whether it's Major League Baseball, the NFL. At the same time, you're paying that money. You're losing subscribers. It's it, this is going to be a real interesting, scary time for people in the industry. I was trying to figure out what they're getting per cable subscriber. So I I, I went back to 2015. It's where I could find some data. Mm -hmm. ESPN was getting six dollars and fifty five cents per subscriber, and in 2017. They made $7.5 billion in subscriber fees alone. Wow. So when you talk about what you're paying for your cable bill, if you still have cable, $6.55 of that was going to ESPN. You're absolutely right about the cord cutting. I'm a guy who does not have a cable. I, when I moved to Indiana, never got cable. We've never looked back. I now spend an equal amount of money on high-speed internet and Netflix Hulu yes. and Prime right. and whatever else it is that we've got going on. But at least I have the stuff that I want to see. Lately, my kids are a little more into sports, so I'm like, maybe I'll get it. Maybe I'll add ESPN. All of a sudden, they're into baseball. I'm like, where in the world did this come from? I'm not, I'm not, we've never played baseball. We've thrown a baseball around. Yeah. We, we play football. We throw football around. We do other things. All right, you're into baseball? Cool. I'm into baseball. That's awesome. It's a moment to hang out. I'm, I'm, I'm down with it. It sounds great. 
Um, but the cord cutting is a big one because the subscriber base is lower. But is it is it is this solved by giving up programming people, right? Giving up the talent that people come to see, or is it done by giving up? All right, we can't afford to pay you. Um, uh, NFL for this coverage and the answer is well if you don't Amazon will right that's an interesting question I mean you're you're seeing I mean YouTube is now the uh, the carrier for what, what is YouTube doing so they took over the rights for NFL Sunday ticket for, from DirecTV from DirecTV DirecTV had it for decades and that would frustrate a lot of fans because unless you lived in an area where you could prove to DirecTV that you could not have a satellite dish. You had to get NFL Sunday ticket through DirecTV through a satellite dish. And that would frustrate a lot of people because the other major sport networks, their whatever they call their ticket, their their service that allows you to watch out-of-market games would be available on several cable and satellite providers where the, the NFL had an exclusive agreement with DirecTV. Well, the NFL finally said, well, enough of this. It, we're going to sell the rights to someone else, and it went to YouTube. Uh, so now YouTube is the sole provider of DirecTV's NFL, or, 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 excuse me, NFL Sunday ticket. Uh, you could still get NFL Red Zone, which is a whole different service where it's, it's just you can see portions of all the games. They just go... I mean, it is crazy watching Red Zone. It's just from game to game. They'll switch over. Okay, now the uh, the Colts are in the Red Zone. They're they're threatening to score. Let's go to Indianapolis, and then they'll they'll cover that game for a little bit, and then they'll switch over to other games. So, YouTube has NFL Sunday Ticket now, and it's going to be interesting to see what growing pains there are with YouTube having it as opposed to uh, Directv. I'm looking at the pricing for NFL Sunday Ticket on YouTube. NFL Sunday Ticket. Oh, you can get it with YouTube TV or not with YouTube yes. TV. So I don't want it with YouTube TV. So when they tell me it's $349, they mean one time, right? Yes. It's a one-time charge. Yes. And I get to watch all the NFL games, every out-of-market Sunday afternoon game. And if I want it with Red Zone, it's $389. Yes. So the only thing that won't be available to you is they'll see where your IP address is and you won't get the local broadcast games. Yes, exactly. I won't get the local Colts games. Right. But I'll get... You'll get everything else. Everything else. Are you doing this? You've already done it. I'm doing this. Are you kidding me? Of course I'm doing this. Should I do this? Well, what out-of-market teams do you care about? I I only care if my kids want to watch. That's it. I'm a simple man. I am a simple dad. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Our new book, Let's Go Bourbon, the bourbon reader you've always needed, is now available on Amazon.com and our website, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Pick up a copy today. Try new things. That is one of our mantras. Try new things. You don't know where your palate is. You don't actually know what you like until you've tried things, until you've experienced things. And you don't know what new things you're going to like. If you're not trying things, I mean, that's just that's just science, people. That is Bill Nye science, Fingers Malloy. Hashtag science is what I say. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. And that right there, the dulcet tones, that is Fingers Malloy. And this 
is Sonoma Distilling. You can actually find more about them at SonomaDistillingCompany.com. This is their straight bourbon whiskey. Now, they do a couple of things. They've got a, a, a rye. They've got a cherrywood rye. They have a cherrywood smoked bourbon. This is their bourbon made from a mash of 70% corn, 25% wheat, and 5% malted barley, coming in at 92 proof fingers malloy. Um, it's it's interesting as they have uh, an aged at a minimum of 15 months, but I don't think that that's right because this is coming in as a straight bourbon. So here's been one of the interesting things I found about this bourbon. I've had a couple people mention it to me. Hey, you should try this. I have not been able to find a solid review of this, but according to the people at Sonoma Distilling, this is a straight bourbon whiskey. And if it's going to be a straight bourbon whiskey, uh, then it's going to be older than that. I mean, that's just those are just the rules right there. No, nothing else even uh, counts. Didn't we see a story where they were trying to come up with a way to age bourbon much quicker than what? I, it was something like a process where they could they could age bourbon in like a week. You can't. Something. It's not. It's not the way it works, right? This is not some episode of the Super Friends that you watch on your Saturday morning cartoons. Time takes time, and for a straight bourbon, to be a straight bourbon has to be aged at least two years. Yeah. So I'm going to go with what the website is saying, that they refer to themselves as a straight bourbon whiskey, which means it's aged at least two years. Corn, wheat, rye, malted barley in uh, that, that mash bill. And fingers, this is a very, very honey-looking yeah. type bourbon right here. From Sonoma Distilling Company, SonomaDistillingCompany.com. It, 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 it's a pretty look, but it isn't that, that deep copper. It's not those ambers. This is much more on the, the lighter side. Not necessarily opaque, but on the lighter side. Yeah, and as you swirl it around in the glass, it's, it's not really sticking to the glass all that much. A, a, a touch, but not a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, the viscosity is not that great. Now, we've got this in the Glen Cairn glass. It's that oddly shaped glass. It kind of bows out and comes back in. Really, it lets you take a look at it, move it around, get your nose in there, and get a feel for it. By the way, have you done the nose on this thing yet? No, I have not. Put down your Espinosa 601 <sighs> green label. Do I have to? Lafuerza cigar, which has smoked. It has smoked beautifully, guys. We'll talk more about it coming up. And check out that nose. Oh, that is nice. Is that just lovely? There is no ethanol on that whatsoever. No sting. There's vanilla. There's toffee, right? It's it's got a it's got that unique kind of sweetness going down. Not not any oak on the nose. Are you getting much oak? No. No, I think people might think that that uh, that first whiff is oak. I think that's much more nutty than it is oaky. But that is nice. I'll Beautiful. be interested to see what you think about this because you like more of an oaky bourbon than a sweet bourbon. This this on the nose lends me to think that this is going to be very sweet. Yeah, I... I, I at a 70% corn, I would assume it's going to be a very sweet yeah. bourbon. From Sonoma Distilling, this is their a straight bourbon whiskey. Fingers Malloy... Are you ready for this? Oh, Tony, I've been ready for this all day. We start it neat, and then we do what's known as the Kentucky Chew, move it around the palate, get a feel for it. Sometimes you want to do two sips. First sip to really set the taste buds. Second sip. 
to then really get an idea of where those flavors are. But we do have a big cube to move it to or some water. Fingers, you all right? You all right? You okay? It's not nearly as sweet as I thought it was going to be, and that's that's good. Very, uh, first of all, no burn in the chest. A slight sting on the tongue. Almond is the dominant flavor that I'm getting on this. Really? Yeah. Uh, there is that vanilla, but, I mean, right off the bat, that almond really hits you, um, and it's it's nice. It, it's very uh, palate-friendly. There's no any kind of uh, alcohol burn. Like I said, there's no, there's nothing there that would, I think, turn off a, a novice bourbon drinker. I'll be interested to see what you think. All right, I'm going in. From Sonoma Distilling, this is their straight bourbon whiskey. Here we go. To your health, Fingers Malloy. Here we to go. my health, Fingers Malloy. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He is doing the Saginaw Swish. And he's still swishing. And he's looking at the glass in a way that has me a little bit confused. What do you that think? That is weird. That doesn't hit like the nose at all. No. That started bitter. Oh. That started absolutely bitter. It's slight t- uh, sting on, on the tip of the tongue. No heat in the chest uh, at, at, at all. Um, it's so weird to think that you're going to get something that's got big, big sweetness, and it starts off with, with a bitter... But that finish is super smooth. Yeah. That finish is super easy. It actually finishes, it finishes like a sweeter bourbon. Um, I, 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 would, I would kill for some oak in this. I, I, I really would. Um, that is just a nice, simple flavor. I, I, I'm almost bothered by the fact that it's coming across to me a bit monotone. There aren't four or five flavors working well uh, together. There is... There is just a, a syrupy sweetness going on right wow. there. That's, that's, that's what's happening. I'm getting a little bit of vanilla sweetness. And honestly, the, that bitterness that you're talking about is hitting me at the end, not at the beginning. To me, it was, it was mostly an almond that I was getting. And I don't consider, when we compare some of the things we've done in the past, you know, that, uh, you know, you can get sweetness from almonds, but to me, you, you know, the, the sweetness that we normally get is obviously vanilla, maybe some caramel, some some honey or something like that. To me, nah, th- that's bitterness. Wow. I just did another sip. That's bitterness. But the finish is really good. So that is, it just hits my tongue in all sorts of awkward. But what, huh. what would you describe the sweetness as? Syrupy, yeah, it 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 it, it is. It's it's it's. You said almond. I want to say it is. It's that vanilla, vanilla, kind of uh, again. Uh, ma- v- vanilla, vanilla, uh, vanilla <laughs> syrupy. It's 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 the way. I, I'm not saying it's awful. I'm not saying it's the best I've ever had. It's serviceable. It's just weird how it's hitting me. Right off of the quick, and certainly doesn't play yeah, hard. I mean, it's 92 proof, and that's it. The question, Fingers Moy, is it in your liquor cabinet at between 45 and $55 a bottle? Probably not, uh, but I would try it at my favorite lounge. It's something different. 
Uh, but th- this flavor profile, I-, I don't know if it works for me. It's it's calling for a cube, and we're going to bring it to a cube, bring it to some cool water, see if that opens it up, see if that expands the spice, see if it mutes the, the sweet. We'll figure it out. Sonoma Distilling Company, their bourbon a straight whiskey. Check it out for yourself. You can't do a show like Eat, Drink, Smoke and not talk about the controversy that has engulfed Anheuser-Busch and the Bud Light brand. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that is Fingers Malloy. Let's start with a baseline. We are not a political show for Eat, Drink, Smoke, and we have absolutely no thoughts to share on the concepts of transgenderism and what's going on all across the country. That, uh, for adults, is an adult thing that we let them decide. That's how we share it on this show. You want to tune in to our political shows, we will give you a much more deep dive into these subjects and how they play out politically and culturally. For this conversation, we want to discuss what Bud Light has done and what the decision has cost them or caused them because I'm not so sure that there's an actual cost yet. There is a man by the name of Dylan Mulvaney says he's a woman dresses like a woman. We've seen uh, the photos, the videos, and everything else. And somehow Dylan Mulvaney was named a brand ambassador for Bud Light. And a can was made, just one, with uh, his image on it. And people will yell at me for using wrong pronouns. Guys, I'm just trying to put together a conversation here. I'm willing to accept the emails. No one's trying to hurt anybody. And people saw this and found out about this and got really upset. And then Kid Rock makes a video where he's literally shooting cases of Bud Light. John Rich, the country star, has a major bar in Nashville. Bud Light is out of the bar. Videos came out from people who are work for distributors saying, we've never seen Bud Light sell so poorly. And there have been a lot of people saying, oh, look, they've lost billions of dollars in market share. The vice president of marketing for Bud Light a woman whose name eludes me right now. Alyssa Heinenschild? Maybe I, that's it. I, I, yeah, it's a little difficult of a, of a last Heiner name. Shield. Yeah. Uh, she came out to say that I was tasked with, with really creating a new vision for Bud Light. Sales were down. It was this fratty kind of beer, kind of out-of-touch comedy. And when you think about how you get more people to drink of it, you have to be inclusive. You have to bring people together. And so that was her, her mission to make Bud Light great again, if you will, and, and, and get people drinking it. So she decides the way to do that is to team up with this influencer who's engaged in, in, in this way of life. And people said, what in the world are you doing? We're never going to drink Bud Light again. Some people have decided to take that as a transphobia conversation. Oh, it's afraid. Oh, it's... I don't believe that's it, Fingers Malloy. And I've never asked you this question. Do you think that's it? That's why people aren't drinking Bud Light? No. I think that, I mean, first of all, I think that people are getting really tired of corporate wokeness. And I think people see that as just a, another example of it. And they just they just want to drink their beer without having some sort of political message behind it. The other thing, too that I think turns off a lot of people is when a brand that you like seems to almost n- dislike their their customer base in a way and, and this 
this marketing manager kind of comes across that way when when she said that uh, th- this was once an iconic brand and it, it that the brand was based on like you said fratty kind of out of touch humor and to me if you're drinking it you're you're thinking well I was drawn to this brand for a number of reasons and it feels like between the comments that you're trying to turn away from what that brand was, but also it feels like you've got a little bit of disdain for your customer base. So first, we have this real strange view of the term inclusivity, because it's very obvious, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, Fingers, that this vice president of marketing wanted to be inclusive by excluding the people who were already brand loyal. The real story here is what you hit on at the first. People don't want to get overloaded with the politics. They just want to have a beer. The issue is that you took something that they just enjoyed to escape the insanity and you brought this issue, this insanity, to their front door and they didn't ask for it. They don't appreciate it. We often discuss the idea of, of the lecturing. Don't lecture to us. Just leave us alone. Let us be. When we're told you can't have a gas stove, don't you dare lecture to us. And by the way, have you seen the studies on gas stoves? No. So the whole argument was that gas stoves in, in confined spaces lead to asthma in children, and therefore we have to ban gas stoves. Studies were done. First of all, anything in a confined space is probably pretty bad for yeah. you. I've been with my uncle after a bean burrito in a confined <laughs> space. That's really bad for you. It is not the cooking fuel. It is what you are cooking. What you're cooking can have more an effect on asthma and other breathing issues than the fuel that's used, which is a phenomenal uh, bit of study. So now we have to ban food. Clearly. (laughs) Uh, Cooking, at least. (laughs) Everybody has to go out to eat. People don't want the lecture. They want to be left alone, and they want some things to be outside of the scope. And Bud Light, Bud Light... All of those billions in in marketing and brand, all of it, they didn't understand this. Buds McKenzie, they didn't understand this. I think you really hit the nail on the head when you talked about products like Bud Light being an escape. We talk about this all the time on the show that coming to a cigar lounge and enjoying a cigar is an escape from the madness of the outside world where Democrats and Republicans, liberals and conservatives, they come in and enjoy a cigar together. And politics, it may not come up. And if it does come up, it's talked about in a respectful way for the most part. And you'll have a plumber sitting next to a lawyer and it's inclusive and it's an escape from the madness of outside of the outside world. And Bud Light is one of those products that I think is people are they're, they're buying it to enjoy it as part of an escape from the everyday world. And now the everyday world is smacking them right in the face in a way that makes you feel like they don't like their customer base. And there will be some people who say, well, you need to be focused on these issues. And the answer is, no, I don't. Sometimes I just want a beer on my back deck. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to have a friend over and crack open a cold one. Sometimes I just want to be left alone. I did that all day. Now I'd like to do something else, please. The reason that we are part of this cigar culture, the cigar lounge world, is because it does allow for an escape. One of the reasons you don't get into many political conversations at a cigar lounge, even though I've done it, 
I've talked much more about parenting yeah. in a cigar lounge than politics is because we are escaping that thing to be able to connect on a much more intimate level, even sometimes with strangers. It is, it, you know, it's, it's, it's about a different level of sharing. We don't want the divide. We're trying to figure out ways to come together. And, you know, it's, it's, the term has become so buzzwordy and so full of uh, a political venom inclusivity. There is no place more welcoming than the cigar lounge. All people, all stripes, all types, because no one's asking you that question. Right. They just want to know about you. I, the levels to which Bud Light screwed this up is stunning. What I cannot do the math on is whether or not this actually hurts them. You can tell me how they've lost $5 billion worth of value over there at Anheuser-Busch. It's Anheuser-Busch. Don't tell me two weeks after. Tell me three months after what they've lost. People have short, short memories. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. When people tune in to Eat, Drink, Smoke, I know they say to themselves, self, I could really use some relationship advice from the fine folks at Eat, Drink, Smoke, and we are here for you. I'm Fingers Malloy. He's Tony Katz. Find everything Eat, Drink, Smoke related on our website, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Tony, I have come across this website and we've been using this a couple of weeks now for different stories uh, called Hack Spirit. Hackspirit.com. And they had a story uh, or a piece, 10 things emotionally mature people never do in a relationship. Now, I don't feel like either one of us really need to look at a website to figure these things out because we are both emotionally mature people. You bet. But some folks out there may be struggling uh, in their relationship, and maybe they have to do some uh, a self check. They need to check themselves before they wreck themselves, Tony. That's what That's, kids say. That is what they say. So uh, let's go over some of these things and and see if you agree with them. First thing that emotionally mature people never do in their relationship is uh, play mind games. Really? Yes. Before uh, you tell me, are but you love sure? Is a battlefield. Oh, see what you're. Uh, are we having a spat? Are, are, are you playing games with me right now? Maybe. Or maybe not. <sighs> Emotionally <laughs> mature people understand that competition has no place in a relationship, Tony. Wait, what? <laughs> Emotionally mature people understand that competition has no place in a relationship. Oh, competition. You're, yeah, that's you're, correct. You're a team. Definitely. And there is no place in a team for mind games. How many times have I told you that, Tony? Uh, that both these things are correct. Absolutely. If you're competing with your spouse, that's weird. That is weird. You should want your spouse to be as successful as possible in whatever it is they're, they're, they're doing. It's not about you being more successful than them. It's about them reaching the moment they're looking for it. And Cheer, absolutely cheering them you on. You should be the, your uh, partner's number one cheerleader, and you shouldn't be trying to manipulate them with mind games Correct. to try to get them to behave in a certain way. Uh, giving the silent treatment. That's a no-no. Something that emotionally mature people don't do in a relationship. Well, now, wait a second. Silent treatment or I need some time? Those are two different things. Oh, those are two different things. I believe so because... No, I saying I need some time. Um. Yeah. Okay. If they're two different things, then then fine. Because well, sometimes you, you need some time. I feel like the I need some time conversation has to do with 
you may excuse yourself from a conversation. You may go in another room. You may go in the garage. You may go out the back deck to smoke a cigar. It isn't sitting in the same room purposefully giving your partner the silent treatment just to show them how angry you are or how they did something wrong in your mind. Yeah, I, I have no room in my life, and you've known me a long time. Yes. I have no room in my life uh, for passive aggressiveness. I only have room for total aggression. <laughs> I don't mind if somebody is totally aggressive. Passive aggressive is cheap, ugly, nonsense, garbage, you have proven to me that you're not worth my time or attention. Emotionally mature people also do not ignore boundaries. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If somebody doesn't want something, if they're not into something, discussing it every now and again is one thing. Forcing it on somebody, trying to screw with them and, and, and putting them in the situation where they have to deal with that's that's not a relationship. That's that's awful. That feels like a level of game playing that should not be considered acceptable. It, it feels like you're trying to push someone's buttons when you're doing something like that. If you know going in that you're doing something that is ignoring your partner's boundaries, uh, you may have to ask yourself if you're mature enough to be in the relationship. Absolutely correct. 100% accurate. This one I, I have a disagreement with. Playing the blame game, and I blame this on you, Tony. What? See, see what I did there? I was just playing the blame game eh, with, with you well, in I mean, our it, radio broadcasting relationship. Well, you can't play you can't blame the, bla play the blame game with people. No, no finger pointing. You know, you got to figure out a way to get through a situation without just automatically assessing blame. Unless... Wait, sometimes it's someone's fault. Yes. Sometimes my wife is... She's at fault. Sometimes <laughs> she's guilty. Sometimes she did it. Are we isolating this audio we, for we later? All, we all know Mrs. Malloy is guilty many, many times of the day. Of the day. Seven, eight times a, a, a day. This cigar is wonderful. She is. She's wrong. Now, don't get me wrong. I appreciate her. But she is wrong six, seven, eight times a day. Have this you, felt so good. Oh, oh, please. We're in the final I want to be there. I want to be there when you play her the show. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I will actually be a, uh, a not a mature person uh, when it comes to conversations or, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, being uh, the mature person in the relationship because the next person or the next thing on this list is avoiding tough conversations. So I don't want to have the tough conversation that we brought on by that last minute of audio. No relationship works if you cannot have hard conversations. Because if you're going to be in a relationship, things are going to come up. And one of the things I have noticed is the amount of people who never discuss how they're going to deal with the things before they deal with them. And uh, the way that this has kind of come to my understanding over the years is watching people talk about getting married and watching friends talk about getting married and people who, you know, you, you think at the time you're going to be friends for forever and that's sometimes not the way it works out and that's people move, things change it's, it's quite okay, it's part of life but listening to people focus on the wedding and focus on the wedding and focus on the wedding and, and not focus on the marriage 
it like it doesn't come up. Now you're not part of every conversation. That much is true, but it doesn't come up, and you're like, these people are not prepared. It never once dawned on them that they might lose their job. What do they do next? It never once dawned on them that that parents might get sick early. What do they do next? It never. It's like it never ever entered their head. And well, then what do they talk about? That's always been my question. If I'm not saying that every conversation has to be this super heavy, but if you've never had that conversation, may I ask what you've been talking about all these days, weeks, months, or years? BuzzFeed News. Oh, yes. Good old BuzzFeed News. The next thing on the list, Tony. Gone too soon. (laughs) Hashtag learn to code. (laughs) By the way, you have to understand the level of personal glee. Are you taking glee of BuzzFeed News going away? Is it because of the things they used to write? You see, we don't want people to lose their jobs. And and I'm assuming that some of them are going to find other jobs. But it's how BuzzFeed News treated news and treated people who were on a, on a different a different side than them. Is that is that what's got you with BuzzFeed? A little bit going out. A little bit. Yeah, because like you you are not being adult about this at all. I'm not being a mature You're person. You're taking a little bit of glee. I, again, I don't want to see anyone lose their job. I, I I do have a problem with that. That's especially in this economy, and especially as we've documented uh, with networks and content providers, uh, the amount of cuts that are being made by these companies, the jobs that are being lost. Uh, it's 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 a tough environment right now. So I hate to see people lose their jobs. And we should be perfectly clear. This is just the beginning. Whether you're talking about in journalism or you're talking about in tech, um, this is just the beginning. Nothing looks good. Now, I'm still anecdotally seeing people shopping and buying, but these markets are not okay. We're seeing lower than ever people uh, applying for uh, uh, mortgages because mortgage rates are back up. I mean, you guys already know to be ready. You guys already know to be ready, and I only hope that you are. Uh, This bourbon, the Sonoma Distilling, uh, check it out for yourself. See if you get the same flavors that we do out of it. And this 601 Green Label Oscuro La Fuerza from Espinosa Cigars, spectacular smoke. A spectacular smoke, Fingers Moore. You would say daddy-like? Daddy-like. In this conversation, Fingers, I would be be daddy. There it is. People are going to email you about BuzzFeed. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat, Drink, Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke, and Instagram, at Eat, Drink, Smoke Podcast.